Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. So, you may already have your own home, but um, with that privilege comes the added dilemma of sticking or twisting uh, with the current structure or layout. After all, there is always work to be done in the home, but where do you begin? Who do you call? And what are the costs involved for home renovation projects? So for this week's industry review, that's exactly what I plan to find out. I'm delighted to be joined by Ruth Canali of RK Designs. She's a designer. We've Dermot Kelly of DKAD Architects. He's an architect. And we've David Dunn of Timbermill Construction in Kildare. He's a builder and a fit-out man. So we've got um, a trio of people here who can help us uh, if we're thinking about a renovation uh, or an extension. We might start with you, Dermot, uh, as the architect. Firstly, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. and Let's keep this to uh, home renovations and extensions. Sure. Uh, that's largely the area you work in. That's right, yeah. I've been doing home renovations and extensions since about 2008, which is a fantastic time to start an architectural practice. And I suppose I kind of came through the... Um, through the recession, doing kind of whatever came in. And I suppose a lot of architects kind of who are design focused as I am would focus on the more, you know, um, the, the, the most high end projects they can get. But I suppose I've kind of built up um, my practice by looking, learning to look after kind of the, the broadest base of lines that I, that I possibly can. So I do kind of home renovations kind of from starting from, you know, whatever you can do from a, for, for 100,000 up to kind of the half million, 600 euro, 100,000 okay. euro mark. And could I ask you just if you if you reflect back over say the last decade, mm. something that would have cost a hundred grand ten years ago? Yeah, uh, roughly what would that be today? Um, you know, it could be three times that. Yeah, you know, that's what I would have thought. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, what's what's happened is, you know, and I don't I don't want to get technical about it, but I mean, there've been a, a number of big changes in the industry and in legislation in the last ten years. Like the big ones are around building control, about how responsibility is passed around the industry, and also around um, near zero energy building, which has a big impact on how you achieve quality in construction. So we're built. So everyone's more accountable, and we're building to a much higher standard than yeah. we are. And also, you know, when you think about the old days, you know, you buy a, a wreck of a house or something that needs yeah. refurbishment. And there was a real upside there to absolutely if yeah. you did some of the work yourself or absolutely. you knew somebody who could do yeah. it cheaply. And yeah, but it's that hard. doesn't seem to be the value absolutely. doesn't seem to be there anymore. Absolutely. No, it's it's it's. I mean, you know, I suppose I mean it's, it's hard to understate the quality, the level of quality of the Irish construction industry is working at now. Like we really are, um, you know, not 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 to toot our own horn, a, a high end product. You know, we're doing really good work. But at the same time, uh, you're paying off a lot for it, and there's a bit, there is a bit of inefficiency there. Okay, so. Stay with us because we've lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to Ruth Canelli uh, of RK Designs. Ruth, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about you and your business, firstly. So I have, um, my business is RK Designs, an interior design um, and project management business. Um, I've been, you know, in business since 2003, so a long time. 20, is that 21 years? It's a long time. It certainly is. Um, yeah. The so, maths as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have a, like a huge amount of clients and, and most of my business now comes from people that I've worked uh, for before. Um, and um, obviously new clients then who would maybe be associated with them. So it's a, it's a real word of mouth um, kind of situation. Um, but what I've noticed in the industry is, and I was talking to the guys outside about it, you know, people 
I, my focus is on how the person lives in their home and how they use their home and where they sit in their home and this in the interior side of how sure. they live. And no matter how large someone's home is, and this is kind of to give anybody kind of confidence in their own place, no matter how large it is, no matter how small, people tend to gravitate towards the smallest room, the cosiest part of the house. People have their favourite chair. Human beings are creatures of habit. So the important thing when you're doing renovation of your house is to focus on your own personal needs when it comes to a home. So what you'll actually use rather than what others may use. What you'll use, what you'll enjoy, what will give you joy. That's the important thing in your home because when somebody comes into a house and they see you there and you're comfortable, they are immediately comfortable, yeah. even if the chair they're sitting on isn't comfortable, you know. And Ruth, so your job primarily then is to get people's own, the best of their own creativity out of themselves. Exactly. Uh, and also, w- theoretically then, would you would you always work on your own or would you work with an architect or sometimes one or the other? Yeah, I. It's kind of wide ranging. I mean, it's a really collaborative, this business, you know. So, yes, absolutely. I would work with architects a lot, work with engineers a lot, take a huge amount of instruction from builders too. you know, it's it's to ask the questions. You know, I might have a design. The architect might say that's not possible. The builder might say, you know, I can do it this way. So it's a collaborative effect. OK, so collaboration, there collaboration is, the key. Is, is key. Is key, yes. Right, let's get our third guest in. He's David Dunn of Timbermill Construction. He's the man who makes it all happen <laughs> when the designers and the architects are finished and the engineers uh, and the QSs fighting overall. You're the man who has to deliver, David. Yeah, so once the client has obviously seen the architect has their drawings, um, generally they don't get a costing done. So as Jeremy said, you know, they've, the budget set out and well, just to, just to, maybe just to talk about that for a second. So, so I'm getting my kitchen extended, and I've I've talked to Dermot. He's dropped up nice designs for me. Uh, Ruth has had a look at the interior and said we'll go with these finishes and that. And you're coming in to do the job. So, would how many times would 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 the client have agreed a, a price? This is what we're spending here. Uh, David, I'm, and you're not to spend any more than this, or is or does it tend to be? Does there tend to be a contingency built in, or like I would never uh, start a, a big project unless I knew how much it was going to cost. It's hard to get an honest answer out of people, and in I mean that in a good way. They're they don't like to say their budget straight up because then they're going to think that you're going to you know sew it into them. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's not the case because I can get a drawn off Jeremy there draw it up to a full bill of quantities and it could be double their their budget and I'm after wasting, you know, a lot of time yeah. going through that whereas, you know, if they say, look at round figures, what are we talking here? What have you got to spend? And I'll say, maybe go back to the architect first and, you know, work your way down the wish list. So then would would would, would another example be, and again, I'm, I'm just trying to help you here in terms of, so I arrive up to you and I say I have a hundred grand to spend. What can you give me for that? Not much. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some insulation. <laughs> yeah, it's you can't. It doesn't. It doesn't go very far. And there's people still going to designers. I now. think that's the problem. That's, yeah. that's definitely yeah. a problem. If we, with, with a if we can get grand, nothing for a hundred grand, <clears throat> no, then we have an issue. Yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't go far enough these days. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, a lot of disappointment for people. Yeah, if if you focus on the if if you're doing any kind of building or insulating or anything like that, obviously the prices go through the roof. But with interiors, you can actually achieve an awful lot 
mm-hmm. with a budget of 100,000. You know, because what you're what you're looking at, it, and a lot of times when I go into a, a house, the house itself, the walls, the, the structure of the building is fine. There might be the way they use the house where the door is positioned in, internally or where there might be a single door and it needs to be mm-hmm. doubles, where there's doubles and might need no door. These kind of interior aspects can change the way people function in their houses very easily and the budget is nowhere yeah, near anything that would cost in its building. So it's important to look at that, isn't it? Yeah. So Jeremy, back to you then. If you're overseeing a project that 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 Dermot is going to be is going to be fitting out and Ruth's input on 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 design, do you do you look for a schedule of, of a program and a, and a schedule of costs? Before Absolutely. the builder would go on site? Yeah, I mean, there's there's, a, there's an article on my website about this, which is a terribly boring read, which, you know, will only be interesting to you when you're actually on the point of spending the money yourself, but it's on there. So I would the way I would look at it is you kind of zoom in on the on cost certainty. You know, it starts with an architect's initial guess, initial estimate based on cost per square metres of what a thing's going to cost. Then as soon as you have some drawings, you go to a QS and you get a QS cost plan. And then, you know, prices change, design, design process can take a few months. You find a builder, and I think your relationship with the builder is probably one of the most important things in terms of achieving value, like how you get on, how you get on with them, what kind of company they are, what kind of cost structure they have. That's all really important. Uh, so you go to a builder, you get a price, and then if necess- that, that, and that's kind of where you get the, the the reality of where your project is in the business. And could I ask you about the role of the QS? And again, we're talking yeah, about a, a domestic extension or, or a, a, you know, a house extension. So so should the QS report to the builder or to the client? Ideally both. I mean, you need your, you, the, the client needs a QS and their design team and the builder needs to, needs a QS. And but again, that's building in more cost, is it absolutely, not? Absolutely, yeah. No, look, I mean, there, were, there are QS on top of QSs and designers on top of designers in, in the industry, particularly at the commercial level at the moment. And there's a lot of margin stacking going on and it's very inefficient. But yes, in the ordinary version of events, you can't function without your own QS because ultimately it's, um, you know, it's an adversarial process in, in a way, you know, that um, particularly when it comes to like at design stage, you know, from my point of view, you know, cost is a big issue. I'm kind of plugged into that. But a QS gives us a different perspective through the design process. And then when it comes to going on site, you know, having a QS there to talk about the builder's claims for payment um, in a detailed professional way, kind of separate to um, the design conversations and the technical conversations that the architect's having, it's really, really powerful for giving okay. clear records of what's been spent and how. David, back to you. Um, how many people do you employ? There's only three of us directly in the company. Right. So how um, does your model work then? How many jobs would you have it on at the same time? Or Generally, <clears throat> depending on the size of the jobs, uh, between three and six. With three employees, that means you must be using an awful lot of contract labour then, are you? We do, yeah. And, if and how we, does that work? Just again, for our listeners to understand how, how... So you would have your own plumbers and electricians and that that you know... Yeah. And that you've worked with in the past. Exactly. And you yeah. bring them in on a job per job basis. Yeah, it takes a long time to find the right guys to bring in. And, uh, you know, we trust them. We we go there, we mark out the house. <laughs> Quick meeting them in the, with them in the morning when they start. And we can leave them there. We go on to do that maybe another two projects during the day. And that's our day-to-day then. Right. Meet, meeting different guys. And would you would you would would your projects then be, would they be in a in a... Uh, geographically, how far would you go? Well, at the minute, we're very lucky. Only talking to route outside, it's not all North Clare at the minute, right? Which is you know, so you can stay to, local and yeah, one yeah. in Dublin twenty four, Ratcool, and you know, very lucky at the minute, all in half an hour. And, and mm. 
you know, when you you as a builder, then you're looking forward to you are obviously wanting to project manage the sales. Uh, so how do you do that in terms of like typically how much does it? And I, there's no typical answer, but I presume you have a job that takes three months. You've one that takes six months. You might have one that takes a year. Uh, it's, it's it's challenging as well because sometimes a client might only want a builder's finish, you know, which is just a scheme and they fit it out themselves. Then they'll go, actually, do you know what? Maybe we'll just get you to finish it. Yeah. So it you should have told me that at your the schedule. start. Yeah, exactly. I could have saved yeah. you loads of money. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've someone else booked in and now it's going to push it out a bit further, but what can you do? Mm. All right, we have a few texts here we might try and deal with me. It's, it's, it'd be a shame when we have all this expertise in the room not to try and uh, answer a few questions. So, the first one is, as I know nothing about building, who is the best person to employ to supervise the build to make sure it's done right by the builder? Architects don't seem to want to perform mm. this task. That's a fairly good point, yeah. is it not? It sure is. Would you like me to answer? Yeah, would you um, try anyway? Yeah, I mean, I suppose, but I said... The start of responsibility is the thing that is has, has changed most in the last 10 years. And it's actually kind of like a pyramid. The, the, the responsibility for who does what is kind of divided from the, the guys doing the work on the ground and their direct employees up to the engineers and the architect who will ultimately issue an opinion on compliance at the end, which is your, your, your certificate effectively. So everyone's responsible for what they do or their direct employer is responsible for what they do. So... Every company, all of the, the subcontractors that um, Dave's talking about there, they will all have a design role, um, an, an inspection role of the work that's happening, and a certification role for what they're doing. Oh, just just to help you there, uh, um, uh, Dearman, what, what I'd be saying is that if I'm employing an architect mm. on a job, it's up to me. Like, I would yeah. agree with that architect what he's going to do on the job. I wouldn't yeah. ever leave it. Yeah. So if, 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 if part of it is managing the builder, you yeah. know, that's agreed yeah. in your relationship with your architect. Well, absolutely. can, yeah. can I just say there as well? It, with, it, on the, Maybe I'm not a typical client, I don't know. Well, yeah. Just on the interior side, a lot of the time, okay, the build might be done or whatever, but I've project managed a lot of projects and um, one of the things that is required is presence on site a lot. Mm. And so your regular client will want to see the person who they're paying to project manage it on site a lot. Yeah. They want them calling over, checking, is the electrician there? You know, in a practice, is the plumber there? You know, and very few people want to do that. It's, it is it is a job that involves a lot of presence on well, site. Well, it's time and it's, it's, it's money. It's cost. time. It's yeah. an added, it's it's a large yeah. extra cost and a lot of people don't want it and can't afford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but as part, of, as part of my role when I'm working with a client, I'm on site all the time. And that's why the projects happen quickly and they happen in budget because I'm there. So when the guy doesn't turn up, I'm there to say, where are you? And all of a sudden they arrive. So there, there actually does need to be a lot of momentum on site. And that is very mm. difficult to do. Um, you know, it, it's I work project to project. And if when you only work from one project to the next project, mm. you can be on site a lot. Mm. But if you've got a lot to do, it's yeah. not as easy. OK, here's one for you, David. Hi, I have a question about renovations, please. We're in a detached house thinking about changing downstairs layout. It would mean moving the kitchen to the opposite side of the house and changing some partition walls around. Would you be able to give us an idea of what the cost might be or even an approximate figure? I know the answer already. <laughs> uh, every house is different. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, well let's, let's, and I, I know I wouldn't even attempt to ask you to answer that, but, but if you talk about, just let's look at the, at the text again. So moving a kitchen, knocking all the partition walls, the significant uh, work to be happened there. 
Yeah, is it load bearing? Is it non-load bearing? Do they want the steel, you know, mm-hmm. protruding down to the roof? A lot of the time we prefer to stick it up, which means moving services. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how would you want to spend in a kitchen? Yeah. So it's, again, it's as long or as short as... Could be the 30 to 60 grand project. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair play to you for putting a, a number on it. Yeah. I did that. I did that very thing um, for a client. In, um, and one of the things that they might notice that they want to keep their budget low, if they're moving the kitchen from one side of the house to the other and they're knocking down the walls, if they run the kitchen on the same side of the wall, on the same side of the wall, where the, where services, the, where are. the services are, you'll save re- money. You'll save money. Yeah. It's a simple thing, but, you know, they mightn't already know that. Uh, a quick one for you, Dermot. Bobby, can you roughly ask your guests about garage conversion, I mean a rough cost for converting one that's a standard size. Yeah, Barry, some things actually kind of have a pretty consistent prices. Attics and garages tend to come in very consistently over the years, and I would say kind of sixteen to twenty thousand for something like that. Okay, for a standard, uh, what yeah. measurement would that be? Uh, size of a car, right? You know, uh, two two point two point four. There you go, sixteen to twenty grand for the price of a car. <laughs> it's all very easy, isn't it? Well, well, listen, um, it's been great to talk to you and it's really good, I think, to get inside your world and to see because these are complex projects and mm. they do cost money and, you know, work and effort and time has to be paid for. So trust yeah. is a I think big thing as well, finding the right people you trust. You, yeah. know, you, can, you can meet all these builders and architects and who you want to work mm. with and prices are going to vary, but it's someone you get a good vibe off and who you trust. Absolutely. Yeah. That's who you go with. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's, and it, it's at the end investment. of the day, it's a people business. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, both, the people, people, the game. both the people that are working for you and indeed the people you're working for, isn't it? Correct. It's very simple. Yeah. Okay, guys, we've uh, talked about home renovations. I want to thank my guests, David Dunn from Timbermill Construction, Dermot Kelly from DKAD Architects and indeed Ruth Kennedy from RK Designs. Thank you all very and I wish you well in your respective businesses. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.